show number 76 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Please, folks, may I have your attention, please? Attention, please. I can deal with the troubled friends with a wave of my hand, this very hand. Please observe me if you will. I'm Professor Harold Hill, and I'm here to organize the River City Boys Band. Oh, think, my friends, how can any pool table ever hope to compete with a gold trombone? Remember, my friends, what a handful of trumpet players did to the famous fabled walls of Jericho. Oh, billiard parlor walls come a-tumbling down. Oh, a band will do it, my friends. Oh, yes, I said a boys' band. Do you hear me? I said River City got to have a boys' band, and I mean she needs it today. Well, Professor Harold Hill's on hand. River City's going to have her boys' band. As sure as the Lord made little green apples, and that band's going to be in uniform. Johnny, Willie, Teddy, Fred. And you'll see the glitter of crashing cymbals. And you'll hear the thunder of rolling drums and the shimmer of trumpets. Tantara! And you'll feel something akin to the electric thrill I once enjoyed when Gilmore, Liberati... Pat Conway, the great creator, W.C. Handy, and John Philip Sousa all came to town on the very same historic day. 76 trombones led the big parade with 110 cornets close at hand. They were followed by rows and rows of the finest virtuosos, the green of every famous band. Seventy-six trombones caught the morning sun With a hundred and ten cornets right behind There were more than a thousand reeds Springing up like weeds There were horns of every shape and kind There were copper bottom timpani and horse platoon Thundering, thundering all along the way Double bell euphoniums and big bassoons Each bassoon having his big fat say There were 50 mounted cannon in the battery Thundering, thundering louder than before Clarinets of every size and trumpeters Who'd improvise a full octave higher than the score I wish we had a real trombone. Yeah. That'd be fun. Like Riker, right? Didn't oh, that's, that's right. He yeah. did. So there's a Trek connection to trombones, although somewhat more distantly from yeah. us. And, yeah. Let's see. What other musical instruments are in Trek? Vulcan lyre. Vulcan lyre, yes. Picard played the little flutey thing. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I was um, just trying to think of others in TOS. Well, Uhura sang. Uhura sang. Oh, she played the harpsichord. Oh, that's right, but she said she didn't know how. Right. But she played it anyway. And Trelane played it. That's true. And, and he apparently knew how. And didn't Spock play the piano in... Um... <gasps> yes, yeah. Requiem for Methuselah. Yes, yes, yes. But I think that might have been a harpsichord, too. Was it? Something like that. Can't it wasn't remember. really a piano. 
So he wasn't really playing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, years ago in Summerstock, I did uh, The Music Man. Really? Yes, I played Eulalie McKechnie Shin, <laughs> the mayor's wife. And uh, Were you in the Trouble with a Capital T scene? Everybody's in that scene. I love that scene. Every, and it's, it's, it's a fun scene, even though our, our, our music man wasn't, wasn't that good. It's a really fun, fun show to do. And uh, the mayor's wife is such a well-written part. She gets a laugh on every line, <laughs> every single line. so awesome. But I would like to play it now mm-hmm. because, first of all, I'm more the right age. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I would play her now like Marjorie. <laughs> I would totally, totally go for the Minnesota accent. That would be great. Because Iowa is, you know, right next to Minnesota. Yeah. And that's where my grandfather was born. Really? In yes, Iowa? Wow. Yes. So there, you have another connection there. That's right. Not in Riverside, though. No. Oh. No. I forget the name of the town he was born in. How, how far away can it be? How big is Iowa? It's like this big. I think it's bigger like than Connecticut <laughs> or Rhode Island. The states big. get bigger as you head west, you know. It's not as big as California. It's, well, no. Or or Texas. Or te- well, nothing is as big as Texas. Or New Zealand, um, <laughs> as the, the map we have here clearly shows. The world power that is New Zealand. <laughs> oh, no. The I'd be comfortable with that. I would, too. They're very relaxed down there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I often quote Trouble with a capital T, and a lot of people don't get that anymore, which saddens me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It rhymes with P and it stands for pool. pool. No, people just don't have it, you know, like people that I know who are younger than me, they just don't have it in their pop culture lexicon. See, my roommate in college had done that show when she was in high school. She was in the chorus. Uh But she knew all of Harold Hill's songs. (laughs) I mean, she could even do that that opening... uh, song wow the salesman song which is so so difficult because anyway but um but so you know she would do it and uh, the rest of us in our strange little musical theater gang would all do the trouble 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 trouble." it's fun i always um, and thanks to her i can still do a lot of it i also wrote filthy lyrics to it once too (laughs) whenever i think of music men though i always think of the simpsons episode with the monorail oh yeah which was just such a wonderful and and the best kind of parody because it was a loving parody uh-huh. and because they came up with clever lyrics and songs that were not just note for note ripoffs of music men their own songs that no. were just perfect is that the monorail, one where monorail, um, monorail, <laughs> monorail. is that the one where um uh bart and his little friend whose name i was blank on millhouse say um Let's go crazy Broadway style. Oh, that's a different one. Oh, I love that one, too. That's where they have the all-sugar squishy. Oh, right, right, right. Anyway. So we've strayed a little. <laughs> That's okay. We've strayed. Um, so as I had said on the blog, the reason that there was a, a little hiatus there was that I was really sick, and you've been busy. Yes. Because you've been being famous and all. Well, not not exactly <laughs> famous, but, you know, you've been sort, of, sort of doing a show and working with some, some fun people and one total demonic asshole, mm-hmm. which, you know, is par for the course. In every show, there's someone like that, and unfortunately, it all it's always someone in charge of something. Yeah. And make, makes life difficult. Mm-hmm. But to get back to science fiction connections, <laughs> um, I have tennis elbow. Yeah, I see you have a thing And I'm there. wearing um, uh, uh, one of those like braces that yeah. you put right below your elbow. But this one is so cool because on the way over I was thinking, this is what the Star Wars stormtroopers wear when they have tennis elbow. <laughs> because it's white plastic. It and, is. You know, I could totally replace this little logo with a... Star like a Death Wars Star thing. A Death Star. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's it is. my Death Star. It is. It's pretty high-tech It looks like it should be electric or something. 
I hope it's not, because the last thing I need is it going <laughs> on my arm. Although, who knows, that might help. So, yes, we've been busy, but now you're healthy. Uh, yes. And uh, and I am, you know, out of rehearsal, yeah. so I have some more time. And That's great. So let's, let's, oh, by the way, I want to do a shout out yeah. to the person, and I think his name was Christian, who uh, posted something on our blog saying, please do a podcast, and I just want to say... We love when you beg. <laughs> we love it. We'd love it more if you sent money, but begging really, really got me to drive over here a lot faster. And it worked. And it worked. Of course. Because we're doing a show. So we did, in, in addition to accumulating all of the stuff that we need to talk about, um, we, we started a new little side venture here, <laughs> which was totally inspired by the fact that you just have all these dreams about Bill. So we have a new blog that's called Dreams of William Shatner, and it's dreamsofwilliamshatner.blogspot.com. And all it is is a place where people can post their dreams. So, um, we or have, actually, they can send, they send them, to, them us to us, and we will post. Right. Them. Or you can leave a comment if you right, want right, to. But right. you could send us mail at the, the Gmail account, which is lookathisbutt at gmail.com, and send us your dream about Bill. It has to be a real dream. Don't make shit up. No, no. And, and we don't care if it's, if it's a sexy dream or a silly dream. Doesn't or matter. He could be the bad guy in your dream. We just want to collect these. He could just have a cameo in your dream. That's and that would true. be enough. As that long as Bill fine. was in it. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be the dream you had last night. It could be a dream you had five years ago. It doesn't matter. Even though Bill does not like doing cameos. <laughs> That's true. I posted that today. I know. Blog. I saw. <laughs> um, we'll get to that. So uh, we want to hear our dreams of William Shatner and we want people all over the place to send us. Now, um, we've posted a note for this at some of the Star Trek news groups mm-hmm. that, that we belong to. And we tried to post it to Craigslist, because people post shit like that all the time there. I thought they did. Well, so I post this, and like, I don't know, two hours later I get this thing saying, your post has been pulled. And I'm like, why? You know, I'm not asking people for money or, or anything. So there's a forum you can go to going, why was this pulled? And apparently there are like these Craigslist Nazi groupies who read every every post and then they go to this forum and tell you, you know, what's wrong with it. And here's what else I found out. If you don't like someone's post, if it's mm-hmm. offensive to you or you feel it violates the Craigslist rules, because mm-hmm. Craigslist doesn't monitor this crap, um, you can, uh, you, you, you send them a thing saying, pull this. And if they get enough of them, they do pull it. And what these people do is go to other forums and say, go tell them to pull this. So I go to the one form, not knowing it's a bunch of Craigslist Nazis, and I say, here's what I posted. Um, I didn't, like, post it 17 times in mm-hmm. one hour or on every single little thing or anything, and I'm not asking for money, so uh, why was this pulled? Well, what I learned was um, anything that mentions, like, a blog gets, gets pulled. pulled because it's not local. But I also got these snotty replies... One saying, um, well, you stole someone else's idea. Because there's a book out, which I'd never heard of, called Dreams of Woody Allen. Uh, and that, oh. that creeps me out. And I said, well, you know, up until now I'd never even heard of the book. And, um, and I said, you know, and I am not asking for money. But they were, they were like really snotty. They're saying because, you know, it's not local. The Craigslist, you know is not the place to be posting this and just really nasty about the thing. 
That sucks. Yeah. So we didn't get to post it to Craigslist because there's Nazis there who don't want this kind of stuff to be I mean, you know, that's fine. I mean, I can kind of see their point that it is for, for local things. Mm-hmm. And certainly if they, if you know, if they had just said, well, here's why, I wouldn't, I, would, I wouldn't really care. But because these people were so damn snotty, yeah. it was like, what the fuck is up with them? <sighs> so I hope they all have really bad dreams without <sighs> Bill in them because they should not have the thrill of, of Bill. I agree. The Bill thrill. Goodness. Well, we'll have to find other places to post it. Um, so we have two dreams so far. We have yours, which we actually had talked about before. Right. And then we had Francine's dream, which I'm going to read because it's so good. It is. It's great. <clears throat> Francine's one of our favorite people. She really is. So this is, this is what she sends to us. I had this dream last week that I was married to Daniel Craig. That's not the best part. <laughs> <laughs> we were traveling somewhere in one of those fancy little private jets. And who's on the plane with us? Bill. Was Bill the pilot? She didn't say. Next thing I know, Bill and I are playing poker with Kate Mulgrew and George Clooney and totally kicking their asses. Yes! Of course, because Bill doesn't like to lose. Me and Bill are all laughing and shit every time one of us wins, and then we drive everybody crazy by trading our favorite quotes from the movie, Stripes. I'm all like, Lee Harvey, you are a madman! My name is Francis Sawyer, but everyone calls me Psycho. Any of you guys call me Francis? And I'll kill you. <laughs> Then Bill jumps in. Also, I don't like nobody touching me. Any of you homos touch me, and I'll kill you. And he points to George Clooney. (laughs) I love to hear Bill say that. Oh, my God. That's a great dream, Francine. That is so wonderful. And, of course, there's one more line that goes after that, which is when Harold Ramis says, Okay, lighten up, Francis. I love that movie, and I love those lines. So those definitely are the best lines. From yes, that is a wonderful dream. It's, <sighs> it's it's funny, and it's entertaining, and Bill is winning at poker. Of course, because he's Bill, and he doesn't like the lines. He doesn't. Now, um, another shout-out to Francine on one of the, the groups that she and I are both on. She just posted this out of the blue. It basically said, today is the 40th anniversary of the episode The Apple. Now, oh, do you guys yeah. all know which one... That is, it's with them. One with David Soul. With David Soul wearing. <laughs> and Val. And Val, Val. Okay, so it's the Val episode. And she declared that day to be um, here's what you get when you cross the Brady Bunch with Oompa Loompa's Day. <laughs> <laughs> it's Which, true. It's, it's very true. The makeup was very bad. That's a very bad episode. It's a very but bad. that is the episode that has. The most people getting killed yes. in funny ways. Yes. And I do want us to watch that sometime and talk about it. It is true. And that's the one, isn't that the one with the explosion that Bill and, and Leonard both got ear damage No, on? no, that's, that's a different one. That is um, the Gorn one, Arena. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, that, whenever they talk about both Bill and Leonard having tinnitus, they show the clip from Arena. Nobody really knows if it's from Arena. But um, the Apple is the one where Spock gets blown up and falls over in a really funny way so he won't get his ears blown off or knocked off. And, um, like, two or three red shirts just die in immensely entertaining ways. I remember that. (laughs) I definitely remember that. Okay. So, now we have another timely thing that we need to talk about. send us your dreams. Oh, yeah, we want to hear dreams. Everybody's dreams. Um, The Menagerie. This is so exciting. Oh, my God. It's just so amazing that they decided to do this. I'm, I'm so thrilled that they actually got it together to do this. I know. Um, so we, we posted this on the blog, so you might have seen it, but they are doing theatrical showings of the Menagerie. 
Um, and movie theaters. Movie theaters. Big like screen. Real, real theaters. So I'm going to read a little bit of this. They had originally had it as just one night, but now they're doing it for two nights. So Because there was such demand. Who says Star Trek is dead? And certainly not classic Star Trek. Um, Tuesday, November 13th, and Thursday, November 15th. Two screenings will take place on the new date at 7.30 and 10 p.m. The Menagerie will be shown in the same high-def format that will be available the following week on HD DVD. That's why they're doing it. Yes. the DVDs are coming out. But also because it's the one that's long enough to be a movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> with digitally remastered special effects, of course, and surround sound. An exclusive behind-the-scenes feature will be included. So yes. that should be great. Uh, the, the, the screening will take place at more than 300 theaters across the U.S. and Canada. And um, if you go to the site, you can actually look up where the closest one to you is. And then you can buy tickets online because we have our tickets. I bought them through Fendango. Yay! So this is just so cool that they're doing this. I am just so thrilled because, first of all, of course, I was trying to think, okay, you know, what are the the bill highlights in this episode? And instantly I remember there is a fantastic butt shot. <laughs> there is such a look at his butt moment in this. Oh. And you were pointing out there's a ton of Kirk oh, Light. When, when he's sitting at the table, there's just Kirk Light melting off of him. It's so amazing. And he's in his, um, his formal, yes. his dress uniform. His dress uniform, and he had a good haircut. The hair looked really good. Yes. And he was just kind of, and he was doing that, like, really cool and collected, but very powerful, smoky glance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Oh, yeah, yeah. So wonderful. So we are going to be there. We're going to the one that's close to us, and oh, it's going to be great. This also has, just so you guys know, certain things to look for, the great butt shot, mm-hmm. which is, um, it's early in the episode. He is standing with his back to the camera looking out a window, and Commodore, whoever he is, it comes in and starts talking to him. So you want to watch for that. This is also one of the episodes that has an idiot in it, as far as, I believe this is the one where they're about to beam down, and the yeoman who's sent to meet them stands there waiting for them, looking up at the sky like she's going to see it happen, which just... <laughs> also features this great embarrassing Kirk moment where the young, beautiful yeoman tells him, oh, I've heard about you from this Lieutenant Betty Jones or something, and he's like... You did? And she goes, she just said she knows you. <laughs> it's like, great. It's like, oh, oh, tell us more. What did she say? We know she didn't just say that. <sighs> <sighs> so it's going to be great. Uh, I'm really kind of eager to see what they're doing with the special effects um, because um, they cut out a lot of stuff from the cage. Right. And so I don't know whether they're going to be adding, like, more there, because there isn't that much show around it, you know. There's the stuff where their Spock steals the ship, and they're going to I've always, and... I've always liked the show they built around yeah. it, though, and he has the big court-martial. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see, you know, new new backgrounds, like when they beam down oh, and yeah. everything like that. And I'm wondering, <laughs> are they going to do any enhancements to Crazy Pike? <laughs> three buttons instead of two. <laughs> no, no. Will they do sound enhancements instead of beep and beep, beep? I mean, they're so advanced. Why does that have to be beep and beep, beep? Why couldn't it say yes and no? <laughs> I don't know. And if they're so advanced, why couldn't it spell things out for them? I mean, <laughs> I know. I mean, Stephen Hawking can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Really, in a fight between Crazy Pike and Stephen Hawking, Stephen Hawking would totally kick his ass. <laughs> Certainly in a battle of words. <laughs> <laughs> but I am so thrilled at the idea of seeing beautifully cleaned up, enhanced, classic Trek 
with young, gorgeous Bill on the big screen, which we have never seen. We have never seen any of the early classic Trek no. on the big screen. It's going to be great. I, I think we're just going to be, like, lifeless at the end of this because oh. of the overwhelming charm and hotness coming off the screen. That's right. we got to smuggle in Verners <laughs> so we can have popcorn and Verners. It's and, true. It's oh. true. Well, we're going to do... Um, and we have to go early to make sure we get in line and get oh, good seats. Oh, we have seats. to get really good seats. So we're going to do somewhat as live as we can, so we'll probably record a little bit before we go in, and then we'll do it right afterwards. As soon as we come out of the yes. movie, we'll do it in the car. Yes. So that'll be really so that's the 13th. It, it, everybody, you got to go to this. Oh, you have absolutely got to go to it's this. It's going to be so much fun. And all the people in the audience are going to be Trek geeks. Yeah, which yeah. Is better. I mean, there's not going to be anybody going, oh, this is stupid, or, or you know, laughing inappropriately. There's gonna well, be, except us, because well, we always laugh inappropriately. But, but, but there's going to be, I'm guessing that, you know, half the people there are going to be just really hardcore Trek fans, and the other half are going to be William Shatner fans who are there to see the, you know, Bill B. And then the small elite. Butt fan the butt group. Fans. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so the other big event that's coming up, have we talked about this I enough? I think we've talked okay. about that enough. Yeah, we'll be wearing, at least one of us will wear the look at the head oh, yeah, butt yeah. t-shirt, right? Um, okay, the other event coming up for uh, Bay Area fans is Shat Fest. This year at El Cerrito, yes. which we haven't been to. It's November 8th. It's November 8th, and I want to share with you... Uh, one of the things Will the Thrill has has said about this, because I thought it was the funniest comment. He was, uh, in his email announcing this, promoting this, he was saying how normally he has shown impulse. Mm-hmm. But this year, instead of impulse, he is uh, showing, I always blank on the Incubus. name. Incubus. Incubus, which is Bill's film that he did in Esperanto. Esperanto. And then Will says, um, and I'm showing this, instead of impulse, which is not in Esperanto, but it might as well be. <laughs> And he's showing a double feature of Incubus and White Comanche. El Comanche Blanco. El Comanche Blanco. Oh, my God. And there are butt shots and crotch shots and gorgeous young Bill shirtless and doing women. And, oh, my God. Just everything. Everything. It's going to be Riding horses. Blonde hair. Making love to a drag queen. Yeah. Um. I'll read what he says. Um, Big Bill's infamous, legendary, all Esperanto, devil-worshipping cult classic Incubus with the the producer, Tony Taylor, who's going to be there in person. So we're hoping that, you know, there'll be stories. Because there are stories. Uh, Yes. I wonder if he'll be doing his talk in Esperanto. (laughs) It's November 8th, El Cerrito, California. It's 8 bucks to get in, and it starts at 9.15. And it is absolutely And it's going to go all night long, apparently, because it's a double feature and there's just everything. I know. It's going to be great. We are so We are so yes to go to this. So, there you go. Don't miss that. Now, I want to share one other thing before we, we cut to a commercial, um, <laughs> which is that we, we have been getting email. Thanks, everybody, for the email and all the stuff you've been sending us. We You know, it's great. Um, but we did get an email from um, a woman who we converted. And I just wanted to quote <gasps> the relevant part, which I posted yes. in the blog because I loved it so much. Um, she said she had been sort of a, a Trek fan, you know, kind of into Bill. And then she said, I listened to your podcast. Then I downloaded Reel, and it hit me like giant bolts of William Shatner thunder that the oh. man is fucking amazing. The voice, the poetry, the ass. Oh. William Shatner thunder. thunder. So there it is. Oh. I think that's great. That is great. And it was a fantastic email. 
And who sent that? Do you I, you know, I name? didn't put her name in the, oh, the, okay. the blog here. That, yeah, that was an email that absolutely made our day. It was great. So I just love that. Giant bolts of William Shatner thunder. And you know what that means since we converted someone? All our hard work ain't been in vain <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> oh, so good. So very good. So, so wonderful. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think that's about enough of this. Oh, I didn't see that you put that up. Oh, yeah, I, I did a little blogging today. These are a couple things that we're going to talk about um, okay, good. later on. Oh, yeah. goody, okay. So there you go. Um, so let's take a little break, and then um, we'll, we'll come back with other stuff that I'm not sure what it is yet. Okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. We want to hear from you. Leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This entire podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. you found the best podcasts in the universe. Okay, well, Please pass the salt. <laughs> the did. popcorn wasn't salty enough. It's true. I think the last time we had a show, we actually did say we were going to do an episode. And we did. We did. Yeah, yeah. That was good. So um, um, we had taped The Man Trap, which was on uh, a couple of weeks ago, I guess. And we've just watched the whole thing. Um, the re- remastered. Remastered, yes. Digi- digitalized. Remastered, still with syndication cuts. Um, so there were a whole bunch of, I took a lot of notes on this, actually. And um, some of these are just, like, for early first season sort of things. Well, that's one of the things I want to talk about. This was the first episode shown, mm-hmm. broadcast. But I believe it was, like, the third one to be filmed. Yeah. So they had the costumes down mm-hmm. and the makeup, pretty much. Pretty much. And more or less the right people doing the right things. Well, and one of the real interesting things to me is that the characters of Kirk and McCoy especially were very firmly established mm-hmm. and the relationship between them. Mm-hmm. Also, we did not have... Um, Spock plays a minor role, yeah. and I think that was one of the reasons they decided to show this one first because they were very scared about how people mm-hmm. would react to this alien. But also, we didn't have him uh, doing his shouting thing. That's right. Which I know we do see in episodes that were filmed later. Yeah. So, I, I guess they just didn't feel... I mean, he does shout at McCoy, but that's not a... a but he doesn't the, do it in, it's killing the captain, you know, <laughs> sort of weird voice that he uses later. So, um, let's see. So, starting at the beginning, it opens with a shot of the bridge, and there's a horse sitting at navigation. Yep. Which is just awesome. I was really, really happy, and she's sitting in Sulu's place rather than in Chekhov's place where she's been in other episodes, mm-hmm. so she can do anything. She, oh, absolutely. So that was great. Um, I guess we should recap the plot a little bit in case there are people who forgot what this one was about. You never know. Okay, I'll do it real fast. So they beam down to this planet because they're supposed to do medical exams on the scientist and his wife who are down there studying this ancient civilization. Um, Dr. Crater and his wife, Nancy. And Nancy is that one woman from McCoy's <laughs> past. And she looks different to everyone who sees her. And it turns out she's a salt vampire. <laughs> she sucks the salt out of people's bodies with suckers um, mm-hmm. because 
the real creature is the last of its kind. It killed Nancy a couple of years ago, but it has been taking on the form of Nancy, which the scientist, Dr. Crater, knows. So they spend a lot of time trying to, to find the creature, capture the creature, and keeps taking on mm-hmm. different appearances and appearing to people in different ways. And then finally it's about to kill Kirk, and McCoy realizes this isn't Nancy and kills her. The end. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Thank you. You summarized that well. So here, here are the fun things that we noticed about it. Um, the first was Aurora. The second was, I think this was the one episode where they mentioned Wrigley's Pleasure Planet, which became a fan thing and turned up in lots of different fanfics after that. It's and what the Doublemint people expanded into <laughs> with space exploration. Well, you got to wonder about that. And the, so the, the crewman um, who sees the creature as this woman that he thinks he met on um, Wrigley's Pleasure Planet, first of all, is a drag queen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wearing an ill-fitting dress, which mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised they let that one go by, but whatever. Um, but the whole thing about Wrigley's Pleasure Planet, I was like, so is she a prostitute? Oh, that's what I have always thought. I don't know. Or was she just there? Or does she work there, but she's not actually a prostitute? I mean, it's like, <laughs> you just you just don't know. So, anyway. But it is obviously insulting. Yes, it is. Because uh, McCoy certainly reacts like he's insulting and her. Then, and then Kirk sends him outside. Yeah. He's like, get the hell out of here. Yeah. So, you don't know how to act around a lady. Yeah. So, um, one of the good things about this episode is that the planet that they're on is supposed to be very hot, so everyone's sweating, and you see Katie Bill all sweaty. With these perfectly placed yes. beads of sweat. McCoy's sweaty, too, but, you know, who, who cares? Cares? But, Oh, my God. <laughs> Bill is so gorgeous in this. His he hair looks, is gorgeous. He looks great. They lit him really well. Oh. He just, he looked great. Oh, these early episodes where they really were willing to take time and do things right. Oh, yes. They're treasures. Um, so, um, he was, there was a lot of food, as you observed in mm-hmm. this episode. Um, at one point, Kirk is on the bridge drinking space coffee, but we didn't see the swallow. There's no sort of cut away for the actual swallow. I and he's drinking really... out of space styrofoam cup. Yeah. Um, then there's a scene where Rand is taking a tray full of food into Sulu, and she's eating his food off the tray. And she says, here's your lunch or something. So she's eating his lunch. Yeah. And salting it. And salting it for him. Whatever. I also thought it was slightly stereotypical that of all the food items she chose to have, it was celery, of course. Mm-hmm. Because she's a woman, and she doesn't eat real food. She no. eats, you know, she drinks tab and eats celery. And <laughs> drinks space tab. tab. <laughs> Toilet paper for a chaser. <laughs> um... And then um, there's a, another scene where Kirk's eating on the bridge, and it mm-hmm. looked like he was eating space potato chips, right? Yeah. They were very styrofoamy. And they were crispy. <laughs> they were. You could hear it go crunch, crunch. And it was kind of weird. He's just standing there eating this stuff as he's given orders and things well, like that. Well, you know, it's a busy day. The captain can't take a lunch break. <laughs> I mean, do you think they get offended if he's talking to them with his mouth full of food? You don't dare get offended at anything the captain does, <laughs> even if he sprays you with potato chips. <laughs> All right, we're going down the whole floor. <laughs> I'll see <you> later. <laughs> crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> they were um, strangely colored potato chips, though. They were sort of gray. Do you suppose they get ants on the bridge? Space ants? <laughs> space ants. Probably. <laughs> it's a ship. They have space rats, too. Ew! The ship's exterminator. <laughs> Yeah, he replaced the space cat. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. What else? Uh, so, Sulu's there in the botany lab, although later on they just show him back at navigation again. So, whatever. I guess it's his hobby or something. Well, fanfic has always said that Sulu, you know, has a lot of hobbies. Mm-hmm. But my impression has always been that he was a botanist, and then suddenly he's at navigation. And in the uh, Where No Man episode... 
which was the second yeah. pilot. He's um, an astrophysicist. Astrophys- yeah, I think so. Well, maybe he just got moved around a lot yeah. until he found his calling. His niche. His niche, yes. Um, so one, one other thing about that little scene with the very fakey flower hand thing, which, <laughs> yes, it very obviously, a hand posing as a flower. It was kind of like a thing on the Adams Family. It was. Um, that when this, the Rand and Sulu are in there and, and the, the creature is masquerading as a, a sweaty crewman named Green and he comes in and he tries to grab the salt, but he can't and he leaves. And when he leaves, they didn't mask out the, the noise of the door opening and closing it. It is the loudest thing you have ever heard. It, it really is. It is rollers on wood, exactly it's, as we've been told. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like someone dropping some books down a flight of stairs. It's that noisy. <laughs> well, then the funny thing is, in the next scene, Uhura is saying to someone, the door to my quarters rattles. Will you come and take a look at it? I think the guy should say, well, i got to go fix that one in the botany lab first because, you know, that's waking people up. Oh, man, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> And I noticed that, you know, as they did with the episodes, when the door is opening and closing, nobody's talking. No, because so they could they could have done it. And and as you said, you know, I can't believe that they left that out of the remastering that they didn't cover it over. With right, the, yeah, oh, that, that was, was pretty funny. It was very funny. Um, so a couple other uh, first season we haven't quite figured this out yet was that um, Kirk was doing a lot of captain's logs, but he never said supplemental. He said additional and continuing. And continuing. Yep. But not supplemental. And we also had like a, a flashback voiceover. Yes. Like right after the the teaser commercial mm-hmm. break and they come back in, he's doing this voiceover that's like, um, we've beamed down to a planet where unbeknownst to us, <laughs> yeah. um, this creature eats people and takes their salt or something, you know? Yeah. He might as well have said that was before five months later because <laughs> that was about how much sense it made in the context of the episode. How do you know that? Psychic. <laughs> That's why he's the goddamn captain. Jeez, I have to keep telling you. Um, Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about Ahura's scene, because she's great in this episode. Mm -hmm. And um, so she is coming down the corridor, and um, the thing is that everybody sees the creature as... Some someone or some somebody that they've met or want to meet or just someone in their imagination. In fact, the creature says to McCoy at one point, your feelings for me are really strong, and I, I get that mm-hmm. much better from you than from other people. So um, he appears to Uhura as this very handsome African-American guy, and he sort of approaches her, and she looks at him, and they're just kind of staring at each other for a little bit. But I love her attitude um, in that she's just very curious, mm-hmm. and then she says to him, do I know you? Mm-hmm. And at no point... Is she scared or, um, like, overwhelmed or anything? And it's just so nice. Well, and it's also, it's really obvious to me that um, that she is an officer and expects to be treated yes. as an officer, yes. even though the guy is much taller and a guy and everything, because mm-hmm. she says to him, do I know you, crewman? Mm-hmm. And you're right, she's not intimidated by him. I mean, it, the creature is doing it, its hypnotic thing. Yeah. But also... I don't believe she ever got such a good, good close-up as she did in oh, this scene. And, she oh, just my God, amazing. she's so beautiful. Her eyes are beautiful. Oh, yes. She looked great. So it, it's just so nice to see, you know, yeah, Ahura thinks about men, and if she was going to meet a handsome guy, he might look kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And he's not, you know, she's not imagining someone so different, mm-hmm. you know, that, that her, her idea of a guy that she could want to meet would be just another crewman on the ship. And, mm-hmm. and there's something just really nice about that. Yeah. Like she's not imagining a movie star. Mm-mm. No. Just, just a guy. Well, we don't know. Maybe that is a movie star I guess. in this 
fourth century yeah. or twenty third, whatever. So that was really good. It was it was nice, and it's nice that she had a little scene all to herself. Mm-hmm. And you know, now that I'm thinking about, it, they did give time to the secondary characters. So she had a nice scene, and Sulu had some scenes, and Rand had a scene. Mm-hmm. So everybody got a little bit of screen time. Yep, which was good. And Kirk was still the, the hero. Yes. Um, oh, we wanted to mention that um, another uh, guy with, with he actually had a name. His name was Barnhart. Um, he got killed on the ship was dressed like a stormtrooper, which was kind of weird, and his number was 1420, and he was wearing aluminum foil gloves. Yeah. Very weird. Like, they just cobbled that together at the last second. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's strange. Um, and then we also noticed... I know why he's oh, wearing aluminum foil why? gloves. Why? Because he's also the, the guy who plays the plant, and they didn't want to take <laughs> off this complex plant mechanism, so they just wrapped aluminum foil around his hands and said, here. I think you're right. Play dead. I think you're right. Um... They're down on the planet, and uh, Kirk and Spock do a little bit of uh, reconnaissance, and then they, they have to capture a crater, and um, there's a very bad shot when Kirk shoots him with the phaser, <laughs> where they sped it up, and it was just bad special effect. Yeah, but then, right after that... Yeah, they, they slowed Crater's voice down, and I guess it was supposed to be the effect of the phaser hit, right? Uh-huh. I think. Yeah, but isn't it kind of like that scene in Singing in the Rain where the sound gets speeded up, and then it gets slowed down, <laughs> yes. and then finally they get back together. So they sped it up for him to fall over, yeah. slowed it down for him to talk, and then finally they're back where they need to be. That was very weird. Very, very strange. Um, okay, so then they take him back up to the ship, and he refuses to reveal where the creature's at. And then Kirk says... Let's use the truth serum on him, which sounded very scary to me. Like, <laughs> the truth serum? Oh, that the, sounds bad. The tri-truth serum. The tri-truth serum. And as you pointed out, this must have been before they decided Spock could do mind melts. But if you want to say this is a real world where Spock can do mind melts, mm-hmm. it's not something he just learns in the next mm-hmm. six months, he has not revealed to them that he can do this. That's true. Or Kirk is not yet comfortable ordering him to do mind melts. Oh, that's true. That could be. The truth serum thing still makes me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they take him to to the dispensary, not yet <laughs> sick bag. They say it three times in this episode. They call yep. it the dispensary, which I thought was hilarious because to me, dispensary is like where the pharmacist gives yes! you, you know, your your codeine, the <laughs> yeah. red pills, the red pills. Yeah, that McCoy was taking the jelly beans. Um, and then it, it knocks Spock out, and he gets a little cut on his forehead, which is covered by a shiny, shiny band-aid <laughs> later know. on. Face but um, the, the, there's another tech in sickbay who is examining Spock with a, a dustbuster, a mm-hmm. tri-dustbuster, yep. as I think you, you pointed out. Um, so then, And you know what else oh, they yes. use that dustbuster for? What? They put it up against people's faces to make those round <laughs> things for when the creature had sucked all the salt out of them. Um, so then the, the climactic scene happens in McCoy's quarters, which look remarkably like Kirk's quarters, except he has a lot more books. I noticed mm-hmm. that. Many more books than anybody else we'd seen. And it doesn't look like a New Orleans whorehouse like Spock's does. Mm-hmm. Um, so that whole scene at the end, now watching it again this time, first of all, it's it's completely overwrought. I mean, it, it's like the emotion is way too high. There's too much drama going on. Then there's these long pauses in between the drama where everybody stands around looking at each other mm-hmm. as if they had guns. Yes. When they don't. they're just like what's gonna happen next oh did i miss my cue i'm not really sure so that was weird and then i still have a problem with the end of this i mean i know that this is a creature that was killing people on the ship and it's a shapeshifter and all that but it's the last one and he stuns it why couldn't they have just stunned it into unconsciousness and put it in the brig or beamed it down to the planet with a big chunk of salt or or put it in a shuttlecraft i mean anything yeah why did they have to kill it I don't think they would have done that on Next Generation. 
I don't think they would have done that in later tracks, really. You think so? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, later episodes of, of TOS. Mm. Interesting. So for me, that, that that's like just a big flaw in mm-hmm. it because um, it was an intelligent creature and it was the last one and it killed people. But, you know, that's happened in other times and, that, that, you know, you don't automatically get sentenced to death just for trying to survive. Mm-hmm. So that, that bugs me about this particular one. Mm-hmm. Isn't there one, geez, what episode is it where at the end... They had had to take some steps similar like this, and, and Spock ex- expresses some regret about that, that they had to do that, that there was no other way. Was it the one with the amoeba? No, I don't think it was the amoeba. That, I can't think what it was, but I know there I, is one like that. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, they, they did run up against this problem mm-hmm. subsequently, Yeah, and I don't think the answer was kill it every single time. But we did get to see a pretty good Shatner scream. Oh, yeah. Big scream. Now, have you ever heard this, that um, he was very good at screaming to the the point where he was known for a while, prior to being known as Captain Kirk, as the male Faye Ray? Because that's what she was good at. Uh, I can believe that. Mm-hmm. He does scream really well in Trek. So here's the big question. Yeah. Did he do her? Probably. He probably did the drag queen, too. Really? Oh, yeah. I think so. I think it was, you know, his, it was his responsibility. As the goddamn captain. <laughs> As the goddamn captain. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad we settled that. Uh, you know, it is funny at the very beginning where he tells McCoy that he has to bring flowers to, to see Nancy, his ex-girlfriend, and offers him a sheaf of wheat. Yeah. <laughs> and then McCoy says to him, is that how you get women to pay attention to you? Bribe them? And he kind of laughs. Ha, 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 ha. It's like, yeah, I don't have to bribe them. They give me flowers. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. So it's, it's funny what you were saying, though. Even in this very earliest of episodes... His his whole Kirk's whole persona as the lady killer is right there. I mean that that, yep. that little scene right there that totally did it. It was mm-hmm. like him giving advice to other people about women. The fact that he's laughing in that way, mm-hmm. you know, about that. It's like it's all there. Well, and and also you know when he snaps at McCoy, we were talking about you know yeah. how he yells at people because <laughs> he's the goddamn captain. But it that's part of what I was thinking of as this fully formed relationship that mm-hmm. they can so comfortably go from I'm the captain, you're the doctor, shut up and do what I mm-hmm. tell you to. Sorry, I was out of line. No, I was out of line. But not in this stupid, phony way, but oh, no. just in this this way of, uh, you know, working professionals. And, sure, of course. Just, and it, it's just a good relationship. You can see that, that they aren't adversaries. No, and then and that when they both apologize, then it's over and they go on to the next thing. And it's mm-hmm. not like this festering resentment right, in the background right. or anything. So, I agree. So, um, overall, uh, beautiful, beautiful Kirk. Weird plot. Uh, kind of a lot of bumps in the road. But they had some interesting things, like we were talking about um, the the shot when McCoy came onto the mm, bridge that mm-hmm. was shot from the, uh, like the camera up against the turbo lift. Yeah. We, we, I don't believe we ever saw that no, angle again. That was really nice. Yeah, they took a little extra care. It, mm-hmm. it felt like the, the extra things that we got in this one we didn't see so much of. So some interesting camera angles, more little stories about the secondary characters, a little mm-hmm. more interplay among the crew. I mean, you know, as much as we dislike Rand, that little scene between her and Sue mm-hmm. was kind of nice. 
nice. You know, right, you get to right. see through the way they work together. Also, on the remastering, one of the, the, the final oh, shots yes. of the Enterprise circling the planet was like an overhead shot of the Enterprise. It was really beautiful. That looked great. That was a shot that I don't think I've seen before. No, that was But then really they had to nice ruin thing. it at the end with the, the between the, the rearview mirror shot of them leaving the planet. <laughs> the backup lights, you know? Like, what? Come on. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> you know, they put those things in cars so that you don't back into things. When does the Enterprise have this problem of backing into things? Well, and it's got sensors, too. Yeah. <laughs> that was silly. That was just very But still, silly. good episode. Yeah. That's good. So, um lots of Kirkland. I oh, think man. I <laughs> I think I mentioned to you um and I'll just tell the our listeners that I am going to get the um the new set of DVDs when it comes out, the remastered ones because I don't have a set. And I might as well get this one and I'm sure that they're going to be there'll be a lot less than the listed price for them by the time they come around. So, so then we'll have them, and we'll get to watch them. And they also are in HD, so if I ever get an HD player, or we know somebody who does. Mm-hmm. We should make more friends who have higher-end stereo equipment. <laughs> <laughs> I'll advertise for that on Craigslist, at least it's you know, local. Junk probably has an HD player. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere. We should ask. Well, she is married to an AV geek. Yeah. They've got piles of stuff. The last time I was to her house before they moved to the, uh-huh. the place with the bees in the wall, um, <laughs> they, they have a massive tele. They had a massive television set with just piles of stuff, and like three DVD players and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. So I feel confident that yeah. if anybody has it, she does. Yeah. True. So we can we can make our. She's not listening to this podcast, so <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't care anyway. That's true. She's I, our friend. That's all right. Well, maybe that'll be something we can uh, make a plan for. That'll be good. Okay. Okay. You get the HD stuff, and, and we'll go kidnap her DVD and her TV or whatever yeah. we need to do. And, yeah, yeah, that's good. And uh, yeah, that'll be our plan. Okay. Well, I think we should take another break, and then I, I have some um, fun internet history to talk about. Oh, fantastic. Hear the music. before I, I have this collection of magazines called internet world from the mid 90s and i'm getting rid of them but i always look through them before i, I get rid of them because <laughs> it's gonna take you forever to get rid of them no then. no no <laughs> mostly they have stupid stuff in them i mean there was that one that had all that trek stuff right right that was important so this is the one i was going through and this is august of 1996 and there's an article in here about the, the olympics online like follow the olympics on the net but, but these are the things that crack me up. Oh, I also wanted to show you this ad. This is an ad for a new U.S. robotics sportster modem. And it says, idling along at 14.4, crawling at 9,600 or 24, rev up to 28.8. You know, I think I had that model. <laughs> that looks really and it's, familiar. It's V34. Which means what? I've just totally forgotten. Oh, Okay. <laughs> So I just, I really like this. It's compatible with other modems from 14.4 to 300 BPS. I think I had that. So this just cracked me up. It's so cute. You can just rev up to 28.8. Jeez. 
Oh, and then this was the other ad for America Online. I thought you might actually want to take this. This is um, where you actually had to call America Online to get them to send you the disc. So they weren't, <laughs> and it's a disc. It's, it's not a, a It's not a, 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 a CD. CD. Isn't that funny? Oh, my God. At 2.05, his free trial disc arrived. By 2.20, he was cruising the Woo! internet. And Woo! with the interface, it's oh so Oh, my God, funny. that's so funny. Well, um, I remember we had one of the early versions of, of AOL, uh-huh. and the, the, the graphic actually was a little car getting onto the information highway when you logged in. Do you remember this? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, we had that. Oh, oh it was fun. That's so funny. Well, um, so now I want to read you some stuff from the letters page. So this was um, responses to an article that had been in the July issue about advertising online, which I thought was very interesting. Okay. And some people were for it and some people were against it. And so these were, this is a letter about it. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this is very funny. Um, It says, uh, big advertisers thought they could buy the web through sheer dollar power and programming genius. They were wrong. The real winners, yeah. The real winners in internet commerce are those who un- commerce are those who understand that there's more to the success on the net than the web. They use email, Usenet, FTP, and whatever tools they can find to reach potential customers. Smart marketers are also aware that most surfers still use 14.4 modems, and that many surf the web with the load images option deactivated. Now, this is the best part. Finally, they know that the real reason users enjoy the web is the same reason people read Internet World, for the information and not for the advertising. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that. It's so 1996. It is. It is. Wow. So that cracked me up. Now, this one's even better. This, This is just... I know everybody knows that this is true, but it's just further proof that, you know, when you get a bunch of computer geeks and internet geeks together, they're going to get on their soapbox about the thing that they believe passionately in, no matter how wrong they are. Oh, great. So, he says, this is a different letter. You may think this is blasphemy, but I say a website for marketing should not include graphics, unless what is being marketed needs to be seen. (laughs) (laughs) Graphics are wonderful for the consultants you pay to create and maintain the site, or for the folks needing to tell their friends how cool their site is. But the typical customers don't care what your headquarters building, company president, or your view of the ocean from Denver looks like. They want information, fast, clear, easy to deal with. Most of them probably click stop before you can even get your message to them. If you think they have ISDN connections or 28.8 modems, think again, and it doesn't matter if they do. Oh, wow, that was, was that signed Dwight Schrute? His email address is at telemarketing.com. <laughs> but is it signed Dwight Schrute? No, it's not. I'm not going to say what his name is to avoid embarrassing him. Anyway, I just love the fact that this guy is so adamant about the fact that graphics on websites, fuck that shit! <laughs> oh my god, that is so funny. Okay. But I do remember the frustration of, oh, fuck, it's loading graphics. I know. I remember it, too. I mean, I I remember it, and I remember thinking, you know, okay, it's a limitation of the technology, Mm -hmm. and one day it won't be like this anymore, and not thinking, I'm such a Nazi website should never have graphics. (laughs) Okay. Now, this is also amusing. So this is a little article in the uh, news on and about the net. It says, Apple's focus turns to the net. 
Really? <laughs> Dr. Gilbert Emilio, Apple's new chairman and CEO. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, he was, yeah, anyway, um, announced a new strategy for the company in which the internet figures prominently. <laughs> No. Apple hopes to offer the same kind of plug-and-play internet experience it did for personal computers. AppleNet's internet initiative is threefold. To run itself better by making use of intranets and using the net for customer and developer services. To create new internet capabilities by contributing software research and open industry standards. (laughs) (laughs) We know how well that worked out. Yeah, that flew real big. And to make all Apple platforms best-of-class products for internet access creation and delivery. Apple has pledged to make all of its hardware products internet ready in 1996. The company has also has already licensed Sun's Java programming language and released CyberDog 1.0. <gasps> oh my god! A set of browser tools based on OpenDoc environment that give users a consistent look and feel across internet applications. Wow! Isn't that funny? Do you remember CyberDog? Yes. Now, do you want? Um, okay, that's 96. Yeah. Right. Okay, so like in 19. 19- 91 uh-huh. was when I got my first um, consulting contract with Apple. Mm-hmm. So we're going back wow. even further than that. Wait, my very first email address yeah. was at appletalk.com. <gasps> wow. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Wow. Because they, they you know, gave it to me so yeah. they'd be able to communicate with me. That's so funny. I just love that. Oh, so, oh. so now one one more little thing. Which sure, we'll this, is, this is a great little you know, down and, and memory I, I thought about this today when I was like circling these articles and I was thinking, you know, are people going to enjoy this? And then I thought, these are people who are listening to a Star Trek podcast. <laughs> I feel fairly safe in assuming that most of them are geeks. <laughs> <laughs> or at least know what the internet is. Yeah, so anyway, so therefore I don't feel like I'm boring the people who are listening to couldn't, this. Couldn't so this possibly is good. be. Okay, so this is an ad for um, uh, website hosting. Ooh, okay. Okay, and this is, what the hell is this? I don't even know what the name of this company is. It's the Internet and Web Services Corporation. There's a good name for you. <laughs> okay, so this is what you get. <clears throat> it says, come on in, the water's fine. The ultimate home for your website. This is what you get. Dedicated domain, 50 megabytes of disk space. <gasps> Can you imagine? Wow. Multiple email accounts, an SSL secure web server, vault secured backups. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Wizards and templates, TM. <laughs> Web bots, no programming, TM. Detailed visitor reports, FTP access, and CGI bin access. I think they mean shell access. <laughs> Search engine included, shopping basket included, HTML script full license included, and HTML editor and server manager software. And it comes with um, <clears throat> Microsoft front page for those who choose to use that. <laughs> now, I want you to guess how much they're charging for this. Is this a monthly fee? This is a monthly fee. For, for, for 50 megabytes of disk space and all that stuff that I just listed. $75 a month. No. What? More. More? This is $1996. $175 a month. $180. Bucks. <gasps> Can you believe it? Oh, my God. That was the way it was back then. Unbelievable. I was just thinking about how much I pay at DreamHost for this stuff, and it's like... $10 a month or something. I mean, it's so incredibly cheap. I cannot remember how much we paid for our first, yeah. you know, hosting and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. But, Jesus. Isn't that amazing? I looked in the back, you know, the, the back of this magazine is filled with little ads. And there's lots of ads for um, for web hosting, which are cheaper than this, of course. But what you got for your money. Mm-hmm. So here, $25 web hosting. Uh, you get five megs of space. 
<laughs> I don't know what you'd do with that. <laughs> so, yeah, five megs for 25 bucks. Wow. Yeah. So, anyway, so that was just a little trip down memory lane. I thought that people would find that funny. That is, that is very interesting. <laughs> no graphics ever. ever. <laughs> I have spoken. So you wonder um, what that person is doing now. Oh, you know, I could probably Google him and find out. I yeah, don't know. you probably could. I well, I, I'm not so much wondering what he's doing. What is he um, protesting now? <laughs> that is totally inevitable. That's true. Um, he's probably arguing over HD versus Blu-ray or something. And, and just, you know, getting himself really, really worked up about it. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Growling and foaming at the mouth. And growling. Um, I will tell you that um, I pre-ordered the new uh, Apple operating system. Leopard. Oh, you did? It's coming out next week, yeah. Okay. It's got some stuff that looks good, and I figured um, in my work, since we all have apples, that mm-hmm. we would do that. So I'll let you know how it is. Okay. Hopefully it won't break anything. Yeah. Um, we had thought it was going to be for Intel-based Macs only, but apparently that's not true. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, that is interesting. Yeah. So. The thing that it has that's really cool is, um, I forget what it's called, but um, it divides your screen into quadrants, mm-hmm. and you can have each set up for a different thing, and then it's like when you hit the F11 key, and you can make things come forward and backward. Mm-hmm. So you can have a little area where you, you do your TV watching, and a little area where you do your web processing, and you can switch back and forth between them really quick. Wow. It's very cool. Well, that is cool. Yeah. So, yay, Apple. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, well, I think that might be it. I'm just going to check our, our list of things really quickly. And see if well, we have a very long list of things. We do. We really do. And and in the next show, we're going to talk about the movie because there's a lot of stuff to talk about with the movie. Well, why don't we talk about it now? Well, I don't have the list of the cast up in front of oh, me, okay. so I don't all remember. Right, so right. we'll, we'll see. So you'll just have to tune you in You guys time. all know. I mean, right at this moment, the casting is completed as far as we understand. Of major characters. Of the major characters. Yeah. And they filled all of the roles. And, you know... Like we were saying, I still don't understand how they're going to work the chronology and have 12-year-old Chekhov and, you know, 14-year-old. Well, Chekhov has not, see, we're talking about the movie now, but Chekhov has not been cast. And presumably is not even in it. I guess so. But, um, God, I hope this doesn't turn into, like, you know, Muppet Babies, (laughs) you know, Trek Babies or... I don't know. Uh, anyway, there is a lot to talk about there, so maybe yeah. we should open the next show with that I, I think we'll discussion. That. I think we'll do that. Okay. Well, in the meantime, I um, hope to see you all at Menagerie. Um, if you go to see Menagerie, give us a report. Send yes. in your email. We want to know what the audience you were yes. with was like, because we will definitely be talking about our audience. Definitely. Um, let us know your Shatter dreams. Come to Shatfest if you're in the area, because we'd love to see you there. We will absolutely be there. Oh, of course. Yes. And... Um, Keep watching the the Trek stuff that's on um, the Channel 12, the CW. (laughs) What a stupid name that is. I think it stands for Country Western. Does it really? Oh, I don't know, but that's what it stands for to me. (sighs) All right? Yeah. Okay, till next time.